Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Romans 11. Hopefully you're there. If you're not, it's okay. It'll be right behind me. The Apostle Paul is talking to the church here. This is a section of Scripture where he's reminding the church about the bigness of God in his salvation plan, starting in verse 17. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, I love that, we talked about olive today, and there it is right there, olive, she's in the word, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. Do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. And this is our verse for today, verse 22. Note then the kindness and severity of God. Severity to those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue. Somebody say continue. In His kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. Look at the redemptive power of God right here. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if they were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? I want to preach a message today with this title, The Kind God. The kind God. Let's pray over God's word today. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're always speaking to us through your word. That it has the power to shape our lives. That it has the power to, to, to put us in a new direction, Lord, towards you. And so, God, we pray with faith today, Lord, that your word is going to speak to us. That it's going to build us. That it's going to change us, God. That it's going to purify our lives right now. Lord, we thank you that when we come around the Word of God and we submit to the Word of the Lord, Father, it's not like reading other books or other pages or other things. God, it's living, it's active, sharp, Lord. We thank you for that today, Lord. We pray that you would speak to us. God, we thank you that the same is true for the next generation and colonial kids. We pray for their experience in church today. Lord, I pray it just wouldn't be another Sunday for them. God, but they would be changed today by your Word in church, in Jesus' name, and we all said, I wonder how you see God. How do you see God? Many in the world think that God is mean. Maybe you've met someone who thinks that, that God to them is like the big bad wolf that's out to get them. You ever been around someone, they come into church and they're like, oh, I better get out of here because the roof's going to cave in. Like God is always out to get them. Some people think God is mean, you know, that he's like the, the boogeyman, always in the shadows, ready to pounce, ready to get you, ready to, he's out because he's mean. Some people think that God is mean. 
And then there are other people that think that God is the soft, cuddly, nice God. You know, the picture of Jesus where Jesus got long, flowing hair, and nice skin and the nice, cuddly God. And God to them is kind of like sitting with a therapist and talking about your problems and then your problems just mysteriously and miraculously go away. But I want to see how you see God. And then I want us to be challenged today to think of this. What does the Word say about God? What does the Word say about who God is? We have to be very careful in this life not to make God who we think He is. Because that's making God in our image of what we think he should look like. And that's wrong. But with the word in our hearts and the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we can be continually refining our revelation of who God is. You know, God doesn't reveal all of who he is in a moment. He slowly shows you more of himself in the journey called life, the pilgrimage of faith. And I'm grateful for that today. But I want to talk today about the kindness of God, His mercy, His kindness. The Bible calls it His loving kindness, His mercy. Paul said it in Romans this way in verse 22, note then, which means look at the kindness and severity of God. Let me show you a few more examples of God's kindness we see in the Scriptures. Ephesians 2 and verse 7. So, by the way, there's going to be a lot of verses in this, in this message today, so buckle up. You may just want to write down the, the, the references and come back to them. Ephesians 2 and verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show you, sorry, show thee immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Titus 3 and verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but to, according to his own mercy or kindness by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now look at Nehemiah chapter, chapter 9 and verse 17. I love this passage of Scripture. It says, They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them, but they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage, Look at this. If you want to know who God is, look at this scripture right here. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. That's our God. That's the God that you and I serve. So if you're wondering who God is, last week I talked about the faithfulness of God. Today I want to talk about the kindness of God because God is abundant in kindness. But it's his nature, it's who he is. In the Bible, God's kindness is interchangeable with another word that we see, especially in some translations called his steadfastness or his loving kindness. And we've got to get a revelation today because many people miss this about God, that God is kind. So point number one this morning, similar to last week about God's faithfulness. Come on, write this down. Point number one, God is kind. And this might be the first time you've heard a message like this in church life, but I, and I pray it's not the last because this is the nature of God. God is kind. God is not mean to His chosen people. 
And we meet sometimes, we, we meet people in life and God, people, God to them is just, he's just mean. But I, I just think well, that's an opportunity for us to talk about God's kindness, that he's a kind God, that he loves his people, that he is a kind, kind God. We see this and we know this because God's kindness is expressed to his chosen people over and over again. You know, the Old Testament is basically just a continual story of people screwing up and God being kind to them. Literally, it's like you want the Old Testament summed up pretty quickly. It's like God's people. He says, I chose you. You're my people. You're my treasured possession. I love you. And they continually let him down. And he responds to them with kindness. It's the nature of God. It's who He is to His people. And He's revealed that to us through Jesus Christ. Let me show you another verse, Romans 2 and verse 4. Or do you presume on the richness, riches of His kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing? Here's the point, that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance, or in other words, Himself. The whole point of kindness for us as believers is not so us that we can just like, oh, isn't it nice how kind God is? No, it's meant to bring us close to Him. It's meant to bring us into right relationship and continually in His presence as His people, as His children. Why don't you go ahead and write this down? God has been kind to me. Okay, I want to challenge you this week like I did last week. Just take a moment this week, sometime in your quiet time, as you're spending time in prayer with the Lord, just to remember His kindness. And I promise you, it won't take you very long to remember God's kindness in your life. But sometimes we need to tell ourselves this. See, the thing about life is, isn't it amazing how life has just a way of just putting you down and making you think like, man, I just, I can be hard done by or that, that, that God has forgotten about me or that God, it's so easy. The enemy's so good at getting into our, into our lives and getting into to, to parts of our lives and whispering lies to us. This is why we've got to be people that understand the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives because there's a spiritual bat- battle going on for your soul and the enemy's trying to take you out. But we have to remind ourselves, man, God has been kind to me, not mean to me. We should never judge the kindness of God based on our experience with people. This is why we need the Word. This is why we need to be in church to hear this continually because I promise you that if we're not careful, we'll start to see God's kindness as some experience we've had with someone in our life. And then the nature, the human nature exists in such a way that sometimes we're not always kind. Sometimes we encounter people in life and we're, they're kind of mean. And sometimes you know what I'm talking about is you encounter sometimes people are just not that kind. But that's not God. God is kind. And if we're not careful, we bring a revelation or our understanding of who God is down to the level of our experience with people. But God is kind. God has been kind to us. And we see this over and over and over again in the Scriptures. God has a kind, compassionate nature towards His people. I read this verse this week in Jeremiah 31. I want to share it with you. It's in Jeremiah 31 verse 2. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. I just want to stop there for a moment. 
This is how kind God is. That even in the wilderness of unbelief, God still provided His kindness to His people. Even when they turned their backs on Him, even while they were literally walking in the opposite direction away from God, His kindness was already there in the wilderness for them. This is how kind God is and the extent of His kindness. It says, um, when Israel sought for rest, the Lord appeared to him from far away. And look at what he says. This is what God says to you today. I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's a word for someone today. You're feeling like that God doesn't love you. Can I just encourage you? There's a scripture right there you should post on your mirror. You should write it on the dashboard. You should get it tattooed on your forearm. I have loved you with an everlasting love. In other words, my love for you will never go away. Will last forever. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness to you. Again, I will build you and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall adorn yourself with tambourine. Someone needs to go out and buy a tambourine today and remind themselves, God loves me. And you shall go forth in the dance of the merrymaker. God has a kind and loving nature, not a mean and hurtful nature. But we've got to understand that God is kind, but God is just. That's why in Romans 11, off the top, we read the, the verse in verse 22. Note then the, the kindness and the severity of God. Make no mistake today. I'm not preaching that this is just God's all you know, forever going to be gracious. We know that not all will be saved. But God has, has waged war on sin. He has decided He has taken care of sin through the power of the cross. And that's why I just sometimes I just need to remind myself of the kindness of God and thank God that I don't have to worry about death. Thank God that I don't have to experience His wrath because I have Jesus in my life. This is why it's good to study God's character, understand all of who He is. He's merciful, He's kind, but He's also just. And He will take care of sin because God hates anything that gets between Him and His people. But I just wanted to give us this morning... As we're coming around this, this understanding, this revelation of God's kindness in our lives, how we as believers can live in His kindness. Because you could take it on face value and accept it and say, okay, that's great. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but how can I experience God's kindness? How can I live in His kindness and experience it in my own life? I made a little list. Here we go. The first thing we need to do is we need to understand the power of repentance in our lives. Stay with me. Because it's through repentance that we experience all over again the kindness of God. That when we're immersed in the kindness of God and we live lives that are repentant before the Lord, it's amazing how when we come before the Lord in repentance, we get this beautiful reminder. Oh, wow, God, you're so kind. And see, this is the difference between religion and relationship. See, what does religion say? Religion says this, I can't go to God because God will be mad at me because I broke the rules. But relationship says, I need to go and see dad. I need to go and see God because God loves me and he is kind to me. See, there's a difference between the two. Religion says you broke the rules, you messed up, there's pain coming. But relationship says there's a God who loves you, repent to him. Seek forgiveness. Come. When's the last time you in prayer and in quiet time and your time with the Lord where you just said to your heavenly Father, 
Dad, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've lived in a way where I haven't honored you. I'm sorry, God, that I haven't measured up. Will you forgive me? See, this isn't like a a religious thing. This is a relationship thing. Come on, somebody. We're way too quiet this morning. Repentance is a great thing because it's a pathway that leads you to God. It keeps you in right relationship. You know what it does? It purifies your heart. It reminds you all over again, man, I've got a heavenly father not only loves me, but he wants the best for me. This is how we live in the kindness of an almighty God, a heavenly father. Religion says, oh, no, I better not go see my dad because I'll get in trouble. Dad's a mean man and he's just going to be mean to me. Relationship says, oh, man, I need to call my dad because he's going to help me because he loves me and he'll always want what's best for me. So repentance helps us live in the kindness of God. Another way we can do it is we can surrender. You know, a life following Jesus is just a continual surrendering. And God gave me this picture the other day. And this is, this is super advanced, so just be ready for this. He gave me this picture of what it looks like to just live in surrender with Him. It was this. Do you see how that was high tech? I mean, apps can't keep up with that. But you know that every season is like this. Every circumstance is like this. Every, every part of the journey and the pilgrimage of faith is like, oh God, thank you so much for what you've given me. Thank you, this, this blessing is so amazing. I love it, I love it so much. And God says, release it to me. Surrender. This constant surrendering to the Lord and constantly living this cycle, this, this life of surrendering. You know, that's why we worship in church. You know, we don't sing songs. We're surrendering. I remember the first time I walked into a, to, to the, play, the church that I got saved in. I remember walking in. I'd, I'd been in like traditional churches before growing up in like, you know, um, some of the mainline sort of faiths in Australia. But the first time I came into a church just like ours, I remember walking in there and seeing people's hands raised as I was singing. And this is what I thought. Someone needs to call the asylum because these people are crazy. <laughs> these people have lost it. But I still went in and I found my seat and I went in and it was a long time before I ever raised my hands. But this is what I learned is it wasn't, it wasn't some like fake action. It was surrender. It was surrender. And the reason that we lift our hands in worship is primarily because God loves to see our hands. You see that in the Old Testament. God loves to see hands raised. Okay. But the reason is, is because when we surrender our lives and lift our hands before God, all of the life organs are exposed. And in a war situation, in a, in a combat situation, in a battle, this is what needs to be protected. But what we're saying is, God, you're my protector. I'll surrender to you. You fight my battles for me. I don't need to fight myself. You fight my battles. I surrender everything to you like a child lifting my hands to my father. This is why we worship is because we're surrendering. And maybe it just takes you a little while in worship, but I don't know about you, but I just, as quickly as I can in worship, I lift my hands. I, this has become a, 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 a rhythm in my life is I, as quickly as possible, I just lift up my hands. Because I know if I can lift up my hands, it's a natural thing, but it's a, po- a spiritual posture of just letting it all go and saying, God, I trust you. I've had one heck of a week. But Lord, I know you're in control. 
I know you protect me. I know you love me. I know that you are kind, Lord, and I can surrender to you. So one thing we've got to do is we've got to surrender. We've got to, we've got to understand the power of repentance. Something else we can do is we can forgive. We can forgive and we need to forgive because we are forgiven. And I just need, it needs to be said, but we have no right as forgiven people to live with unforgiveness. And if you're struggling with that today, we're going to have a moment at the end of the service where we're going, to, we're going to get rid of some unforgiveness. We're going to get rid of some bitterness in our hearts because we need to live with as people to experience God's kindness is a reminder that we're forgiven in Him. So we're called to to repent, we're called to surrender, we're called to forgive, but then we're also meant to be immersed in the kindness of God and then walk in our lives being kind to other people. And I want to show you two scriptures, I could show you a lot more, but two New Testament scriptures that show the charge that you and I have, the, the, the assignment that's been given to you and I as New Testament believers, followers in Jesus, that we're called to be kind, that we're called to be people of kindness because God has been kind to us. Colossians 3 verse 12, look at it. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Ephesians 4 and verse 32 doesn't get more simple than this. Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So number one, God is kind. Number two, this morning, God will always be kind because of Jesus. God will always be kind because of Jesus. You know, if God wasn't kind, if it wasn't his nature, Jesus would never have come. Think about it. If he wasn't a kind God, he would never have extended his heart towards mankind and given us salvation in Jesus Christ. God will always be kind because of Jesus. God has made up his mind. But have you? Have you made up your mind about God's kindness? Another way we can know that it's absolutely 100% a part of his nature is because kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And what Spirit is that? The Holy Spirit, which is his nature. It's Galatians 5 verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patienceness, here it comes. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Through Jesus Christ, the loving kindness and mercy of God is continually outworked and it's lasting forever. The only problem is we have to decide what we're going to do with it. God's extended his kindness. We have to respond to it. We have to decide what we will do with the kindness of of God, And this is a way that I believe it, it is expressed in maybe a way that helps us understand. But God's face is shining towards you now. In Numbers chapter 6, the prayer, the, the high priestly, the, the, the priestly blessing. It's made the, the face of God shine towards you. Just the other day, I caught myself. I was, at, uh, I was at my daughter, who's 11 years old, I was at her basketball training. And I was there and I was just sitting there and, and, and just kind of watching her run up and down the court and be trained and learn basketball. And I was just watching my daughter. And I caught myself watching her do that. And I was just smiling. I was just looking at her. I, was just, I just caught myself. I just had this smile on my face. And in that moment, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, that's exactly how God feels about you. 
And that's a word for someone here today that God is he's looking at your life and he's smiling at you. He's pleased with you. He loves you. He looks at you right now in the condition of your life. As you are right now, he's looking at your life and he's smiling at you. How awesome is that? Can I just encourage you? That's God's kindness. It's, it's, it goes out from him. It extends into your life, but you have to accept it. You have to receive it. You have to respond to it. You have to be willing to say, God, I see that you're kind and I receive it into my heart. Would you stand with me? You know, in the 1700s, there was a great revivalist in America called Jonathan Edwards. And you might know who that is, but he preached this message that was one of the messages they say just ignited the, great, the first great awakening in this country. He preached a message called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Many people got saved. It was, just, it was just a huge thing in the Northeast. Preached that message in the middle of the 1700s and revival broke out. A lot of people might look at that and some people, even scholars have looked at that as like a fire and brimstone message. That that message was meant to scare people out of hell into heaven. But when you really understand the message and you read it, even the way that Jonathan Edwards preached it, he didn't preach it by yelling, he didn't preach it by, he just spoke it. But that message wasn't a fire and brimstone message. It was a message of God's kindness. It was a message of God's graciousness. That the hand that was extended from God to people was really looking at people's lives, your life, my life, that this thing called life is where suspended between heaven and yes, between hell and God's hand is being extended towards people in His kindness. And this thing called life is an opportunity for you and for me to decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to respond to His kindness? Because I believe when we understand the nature of God, who He really is, we can't help but respond to the kindness of God because it's His nature. So with every head bowed, eyes closed, what I want to do, I just want us to take a moment right now. The Bible says in the New Testament that we need to purify our hearts. This is something we need to do. And I want to pray. I want, I want, to, I want to pray for us to let go of any unforgiveness, to take a moment, maybe even just to dwell on God's kindness for a moment. But maybe you're in here today and it's like you need to forgive someone. You need to let something go. You need to to deal with some bitterness in your heart that really, if you're honest with yourself, has been lodged in your heart and your spirit. Why don't you decide today? I'm going to focus on how kind God has been to me and I'm choosing to let it go and allow the Holy Spirit right now to purify our hearts. So while no one's looking around, if that's, if that's something that, that you need to do, there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness, resentment, there's some, some kind of wormwood in your heart and you need to deal with it. Why don't you just lift up your hand right now? You're saying, I need to let this go. I need to forgive that person. I need to move on. I need to choose to focus on God's forgiveness and His kindness in my own life and let it go so I can move on to the future that He has for me. Clear, free and clear, purified in our hearts. That's what I thought. There's many hands that are raised. This is between you and God. 
This is a moment where you're saying, God, I'm just open up my heart to you. Come in, take away the bitterness, take away the resentment. And we know he does because he loves us. Holy Spirit, you see what's going on right now. You see the hands that are raised. You, You know what's happening in our hearts. And so we come before you, believing in our hearts that God is kind, that we serve a God and we have a heavenly Father who loves us and even when we've messed up, even when we've made mistakes, even when we don't forgive, God, that you forgive us, that your kindness is extended towards us, your face shines towards your people. So Lord, help us forgive. Help us to deal with bitterness. Help us to dislodge the things that are holding us back. God, we pray for for bitterness to go. God, we thank you for resentment to be behind us now in Jesus' name as we go forward into a glorious future in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.